right, welcome back to another episode of His and Hers with Alshay and Whitney. Um, and tonight we have two people that I know personally because they work in the same field as me. Um, we have Jared and Essence Washington. Hey, y'all. What up? Hey. Um, and funny story, um, I met Jared first because we were getting our master's at the same time but sorry Jerry I'm closer friends with Essence she stole me from you <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um, but if you guys would like to go ahead and introduce yourselves um yeah like Whitney said I'm Jared Washington um, we're in the same field so I'm a licensed associate professional counselor uh, currently work for um, a health insurance company and uh, that's that's all that's all it is about me. <laughs> I like it. That was very basic. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to talk. Very basic. She's like, it's so much more to you. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I'm about to talk so much. Well, <laughs> my name is Essence. I am a licensed clinical social worker. Um, I currently work for a behavioral health hospital here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I do a couple of things. So I have a blog, Black Woman Heals. Um, it's really just about healing and empowering women. Um, different blog posts. I have some up and coming things with that, but I'm not even going to drop that right now. Um, with, <laughs> I do Mommy Talk Tuesday with Whitney. Mommy Mama. And just be clear, that is my baby mama, but we're not even going to go there. Um, we do that every Tuesday on IG Live at Mommy Talk Tuesday. And um, I got a couple other things. At 9 o'clock, get the time. At 9 o'clock. <laughs> yes, yes, 9 o'clock. Follow us. Um, do y'all want to know how we met or not? Or am I getting too ahead of myself? No, nah, you go ahead. Okay, so... before that um well how i remember it is uh i i know jerry told me about the job where we all work together and then i think i met you because um at the time i wasn't um a case manager therapist yet and so i think you were like doing rounds or something like chicken boards and i was like oh you're jared's wife and then we were both pregnant looking at each other like and we're here <laughs> and then we started talking about it and i was like i'm super nervous about this uh, and then we started talking about breastfeeding and kind of just went from there yeah yeah oh yeah now i remember because i remember when you first told me you were coming out of the bathroom and i think you i probably just got finished throwing up i don't know if you really were but you were not feeling well that day Mm-mm. Morning sickness, huh? I don't even know if it was morning time, though. <laughs> I was just over it. Afternoon. And you, it was kind of like we looked at each other like, girl, I feel you. And we in here dealing with these people. It's not morning sickness, it's just sickness. And, that's, and that was the basis of your friendship. Yeah. <laughs> we sick together. <laughs> we started there, but let me just tell y'all, like, when, I, when Essence said it's my big mom, like, that is my big mom. Okay, so like I was, Essence's daughter is uh, two years, two months older than Tatum. So she basically, you know, in the sisterhood of 
motherhood. She started first. So then I'm like asking her all questions. She's probably like, girl, I'm tired. Like she literally just had a baby. But um, I ended up going um, to the hospital for preeclampsia. And so they had to put me um, in, it wasn't ICU, but it was like a trauma just to try to get my blood pressure down. So I had my baby um, five weeks early. And so uh, at the time I knew I was very determined to um, breastfeed, but because I had her early, I had to do a lot of manipulation to get my milk to come. And so I'm telling her about this. And I'm just kind of like venting after Ted was born and I'm home and I'm like, uh, I, it's not happening. Like, and then like Essence was just having racks on racks of milk stored up. So I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Because I knew like I was getting anxious because as a single mom, I knew I still had to go back to work and I didn't have that luxury of like trying to figure out if I would just take a couple more weeks. Like I needed to try to find a sitter and have a supply of milk. So my girl Essence came through with the supply of lactation cookies and my supply went up and then she kept giving me like tips and stuff and like I don't know if we were both feeding at the same time but we would be up at like three four in the morning texting and it was like a really tough time for me because I really like in those beginning months I was just trying to do everything by myself because I decided to leave the relationship with Tatum's father so I felt kind of guilty and then it was just dealing with a lot of things emotionally and she was just there like and it was crazy because I'm looking back and I'm like, girl, you was probably getting on her nerves because she just had had a baby as well. But girl, no, <laughs> girl, no. That's my boo though. So now we have evolved to having two toddler girls with a lot of sass and mommy talk Tuesday. <laughs> yes, girl. Yes, girl. <laughs> okay. So baby, I want to start because I did a lot of talking there. Oh no, I mean, you know, um, so uh, all right, that was a great segue into the uh, topic though. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about mental health, um, Jared? Let's let's get uh, our voices on here because they about to, <laughs> you know, let's get a little uh, testosterone for this joint. They they try to take over, like, so, yeah, come on, man, let's uh, hold it down. <laughs> so, just the, I mean, mental health is is so is so big. It's 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 kind of one of those things. Like, where do I start? You know, but um, you know, mental health is could I don't I don't even know where to start with it. Like, <laughs> it's a complex thing. It's a complex okay. thing. Let me go ahead and save them for just a second. Let me save them for a second. So I think right now, what's really really major is mental health like a lot of women are talking about it they're talking about like Mm -hmm. self-care taking care of yourself making sure you're mentally stable mentally right and I think that's a piece of it because overall you want to be like mentally stable you want to be able to um, function on a daily basis and do everything without feeling um, down or depressed or like something is getting in your way but I think mental health when we talk about like diagnoses where we're talking about people with bipolar depression schizophrenia um other different anxiety disorders whatever it may be like that's somebody that's actually diagnosing a psychiatrist um seeing a therapist even though people who are not diagnosed can see therapists too um that's kind of like i guess 
a brief introduction into mental health. Okay. And um, because I definitely got to plug myself because I'm studying this right now. Um, a lot of what I am focusing on is mental health in the black community because like Essence said, it is becoming more normalized for us um, because there was a time because of the history of just health in general with um, black people, we weren't too trusting of health professionals, period. So um, in mental health, especially that's when a lot of secrets and things come out, the black family tends to have a, let's keep what goes on in our family or in our house in house. And a lot of people are starting to venture out um, and talk more about mental health. just speaking of even after I had Tatum that's when um as a therapist I didn't realize it but in hindsight I was suffering from postpartum depression because I was doing everything to function and be a mom go to work you know make sure she was okay but I was doing nothing for myself like I let myself go you know the things I used to do as far as like just my my normal maintenance those were things that I didn't really care for and I still have to check those things because I'm you know, I can't even go to the store and buy me something without thinking, okay, I need to buy her three things. So it's just like simple things like that where I have to check it and be like, you know, it's not a downward spiral. Like you can still take care of yourself and be a good mom. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, we, we just actually um, did a, a two-part segment at a, at a church on mental health and where it meets the church and things like that. So, um you know, so when you talk about mental health in the black community, that's a big piece of it as well, because you know the church is a big piece of the of the of the of the black community, but mental health is usually not uh, one of the topics that's being talked about in the church. It's usually something that's like swept under the rug or something that you just gotta pray away or things like that. But you know, we had a, a two a two part segment really just diving into what mental health is how the church can be that support with the church what what like giving like church recommendations or suggestions and things like that so it was really interesting okay so so um that was a good question there so how could the church uh give more support into that like you know uh is there any program that y'all talked about well, we didn't necessarily talk about any specific programs out there because I don't even think that there's programs out there that support mental health or that is like a bridge between mental health and the church. But um, the recommendations that we really talked about was like implementing like a counseling department or being um, being like a, uh, being like that support, being able to empower, being able to educate and be aware of um mental health illnesses and things like that so that people feel comfortable going to right. the church or going to people in church and just and not necessarily just not necessarily disclosing their mental health illnesses but just being able to talk about it you and, know what I'm so and, and what i hear what i hear personally when you say that is the church need to get more involved in the community you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's it's it sounds like you know, the church is just trying to be the church and everything, and the church is going to stay the same. And they're not trying to get because if they get out and talk to these people, you know, they might see the um, need for some of these programs and what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? But 
you know, but that's one of the issues with the black church and the black community. It it doesn't. I have so much. <laughs> I have so much to talk about when it comes to the black church and the black community because I don't feel as though it's helping us. You know, I don't see you know all these churches, especially the mega churches. They always collecting all this money, and they want to help something overseas. You know what I'm saying they they, they want to build a well over here in Africa or something like yo how about you do something in this community right here you know what I'm saying build another community center you know what I'm saying start a, a, a another big brother program or if you got a big brother program how about uh, investing in the advertisement so that big brother program can actually grow and have a chance you know that's that's mm-hmm. I feel as though that's what the black church needs to do. And another thing, um, just from some <laughs> recent research, I see that um, the the church because in research it's proven that white churches already have these counseling centers mm-hmm. and on staff they already have um, LPCs and LCSWs, and so that's something that we need to more so normalize in the church because we know that the black community is attending church, and so whatever message or agenda that the leadership of the church pushes, that's usually what their parishioners are going to follow. So um, for to normalize it, instead of making it a spirit or just thinking of it as a spirit, and usually when people are dealing with spirits, their normal reaction is to say, let's pray this away, but calling it what it is, because I feel, you know, that God puts people here just like doctors are here, oncologists for cancer, you know, you have a heart surgeon for high blood pressure and anything like that. That's the same way we need to normalize mental health. We have psychologists, psychiatrists, clinicians here to deal with mental health and to help you with that diagnosis. And it's okay, but it's seen as such a negative stigma that nobody is really willing to just openly discuss these things. Yeah, I think um, I agree with you. We made those points when we were doing it in the segment piece. But one thing that keeps striking me when y'all keep saying the church, the church, the church is like one thing I want to say about the black community. And this is me playing devil's advocate. I feel like we confine the church to the four walls. Mm. And so we keep saying the church, the church, the church, what the church can do. But we are the church. Right. We're living outside of our church. We're representation of our church, we're representation of our beliefs and our spirituality. And for us to sit here and be like the church needs to do this or the church needs to do that, like we're doing that right now. And right. I think a lot of times people confine the church to those four walls that they don't really think about the people that are in those four walls that are attending church are the same people that are out here doing the same things that you're talking about wanting to do right and and I guess the reason I'm coming from it it, uh because I'm just be really transparent the reason I chose the dissertation that I am studying is because um a lot of it I'm here at the church that I attend um, a lot of kids were dealing with depression and um, thinking about suicide. And when I had a chance to try to bring this type of information and awareness where we're being proactive, not reactive, it was, oh, that's a spirit. You're going to open Pandora's box. We, you know, yeah. we're really not accepting yeah. of that. And that's why when I say the church, I meant in that, in that vicinity, I just can't go to the building and say, this is what I want to talk about. Or this is the information that I want to bring. It's still a, um, protocol and you know people who I have to speak to, to to be able to make those things happen and I want it you know as a clinician even when I said you know like 
bringing it up and it's like well who are you gonna get to talk about it uh clearly i just said i'm a clinician like i'm educated enough and been recognized enough as a clinician to be able to do this and so it's is as if you want i don't know like it to me it felt as if speaking about it is like one of those things that you want to just brush under the rug but then if we have an epidemic of let's say six black kids in one county start committing suicide then it's going to be now we have to be reactive to it because we're trying to figure out what happened whereas Mm -hmm. we can be proactive and give them um coping skills and start talking about it have the conversation so that when they are feeling these urges or these these um suicidal ideations they know who they can come to if they don't feel like they can come to their parents Mm -hmm. yeah i agree i definitely agree with that and so, I and and the reason why I say is because you know I've um I worked in the corrections field for about five years, and the majority of the I worked with the juveniles. The majority of the kids that were brought there uh, have mental health issues. Like, like when you really go down their record and everything, you be like, these kids don't really belong here. But then, you know, we have groups and everything where uh, the church would come in and just like she was saying, you know, they just wanted to uh, pray about it or uh, 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 give them some kind of pamphlet to read. And and they're trying to go off of their behavior and not the cause of the behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't you you can't you can't correct the behavior if you're not going to go to the cause of it. You know, so so that's why I say, like like she said, they want to beat around the bush and 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 take a shortcut. Like, yeah, that'd be the long way around. So let's just build the bridge over here and just go straight to the problem. If you want to call it the problem, like you see what I'm saying? It's like yeah, get get to the origin. You know, yeah, like that's like nice. like that's- so many kids in there that are dealing with uh, molestation or even uh molesting other people you know but what's the origin of that they have been molested you know i'm saying how do you fix their hurt so that they won't hurt others after that you know yeah and that's what they never really want to get to they just uh i don't know how to touch that so read this chapter that's kind of how i felt um and even though I, I don't really want to highlight this, but that's kind of how I felt with the whole R. Kelly situation. Like, for people who were um, more so accepting of it, they were like, well, he was molested. Understood, but it doesn't make it okay. So what are we going to fix it? Like, how are we going to help it? Because hurt people are just going to continue to hurt people. And mm-hmm. we can't just have a cycle of hurting each other. So, like, we got to fix it. Mm-hmm. And that's the lack of counseling in the black community because he could have been, you know what I'm saying, helped earlier, you know, if he would have been, you know, if he would have had access to a mental health system or so, you know, and I didn't watch the R. Kelly situation, uh, whole TV show, so I'm not gonna really talk too much about that. Well, just to, just to go off of what y'all was saying, it's, you gotta, in order for us to see the change that we want to see and the change that we're talking about, you gotta, we gotta continue to educate or break the stigma of mental mm-hmm. health in the black community, right? Because that's the, that's the, that's the root, that's the root issue, mm-hmm. is that it's a stigma, and that people don't really believe in it, or people try to sweep it under the rug, or people try to pray to, like, you know, people just try to do multiple things rather than deal with mental health in the black community. So we gotta 
break that stigma and continue to educate and provide promote and provide that awareness so that people can deal with mental health or mental illnesses in the appropriate way mm-hmm. rather than trying to do all of these alternate ways you know just not addressing it head on to self-medicate yeah so um is there any um suggestions or things that you would give to someone as far as like warning signs that they need to look out for like a family member or a close friend as well as like how to deal with someone who is um, dealing with a mental health diagnosis well I think warning signs is kind of was broad depending on what you're dealing with of course because if you're dealing with something more severe that's related to like the psychosis you're looking for um, paranoia or um, them seeing things that you might not see or um, them maybe acting out aggressively or hyper-religious versus if we're talking about somebody that's just having some depression or suicidal feelings, they're of course going to maybe isolate or they might sleep a lot or they might... um, talk really negative all, all the time about themselves um I think it just depends on exactly what you're looking for but I mm-hmm. definitely think the overall gist is them not being themselves because right. if you know this person and you love this person you know when something's not right. right you know when something's a little bit off um and I think if people are educated and they know what mental health is they will be more likely to ask more questions because I think we're so accustomed especially if you grew up in the south like people ask you all the time how you doing and your automatic response is I'm good you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so I think we're so trained to do that that sometimes we even do that with our friends when we're provided the the opportunity and the space to be able to be open and honest about what's going on Um, so I think like when you're thinking about family members and you think about friends, if you have red flags, like expand on that. How are you doing? Expand on the questions of just not, hey, what's up? What's going on? Because a lot of people ain't gonna say nothing until you really ask the right question. Right. <clears throat> right. Question. So is there like when we think of mental health, we like I know for me, I think of something bad like depression or you know suicidal thoughts and stuff like that. But is there an opposite to that? Like, could somebody be too happy? Too happy? Yeah. Like, like could they? You know, because uh, you know, like uh, how do I? How do and I? Do you, say, are you like, saying like basically they're kind of like masking it by being? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like. Like. Uh, because well, like what triggered that question was she said um what did she say uh you, you, you was like um something severe something more severe but what if they have like you know what do you consider severe like what if they just like have like you know they just might be like to be by themselves a lot like you know because shy people like how do you say that they're not just shy or they're depressed they want to be alone 
you know, like, how do you find that difference? Even though that wasn't the question that I asked, I really wanted to know, like, is there literally like somebody that you like, they're too joyful? Why are they always joyful? Like, are they hiding something? Or, you know, how do you diagnose these things? How do you break them down? Like, what are the signs that you look for in those situations? I hope I didn't well, know too much right there. Well, you had, uh, in terms of diagnosing, you have a, um, it's called a DSM-5, the Dietistical no, the Di- Diagnostic Statistical Manual, mm-hmm. um, which has the criteria of, like, all the mental health illnesses, and you have to meet certain criteria in order for you to meet that diagnosis or whatever. So that 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 goes into diagnosing. That's how you can, like, say, okay, well, this person is diagnosed with depression or this person is showing signs and symptoms that correlate to anxiety or bipolar or schizophrenia or so forth or whatever so that goes for the diagnosis but as far as someone being too happy I've I've never there's not like a diagnosis that I know of anyway where someone can be too happy unless you're talking about like when people are manic and a bipolar um in a bipolar episode where they're where but well, I, I guess that is a time where you can say somebody but that but but they're not only just happy as other symptoms that there's other symptoms that go along with it like risky behavior um hypersexuality um you might see uh, overspending um less sleep or whatever but you know so so that that that'll be my answer for that question in terms of someone being too happy or whatever that could be that could look like mania in a bipolar episode i think the important thing that um essence stated that if it's a loved one and there's someone that you know basically anything that's extreme from their norm so their baseline so mm-hmm. me and you may be different like <clears throat> i may be which i'm not but i may be a calm person all of a sudden, I'm like you said, I'm a hypersexual person, or you know, I'm just always up. You don't really see me sleeping. That's not my norm. But you have to know, like, that's something that someone close to them, because usually, if they're in a state, from my experience of mania or the very polar opposite of, of severe depression, they're not able to rationally verbalize what's going on with them. So it's usually a loved one who comes in with the um, assessment or for the diagnosing, who is stating what they have observed and in the dsm it's usually like a time link of criteria that this has had to been witnessed Mm -hmm. so basically the most important thing is if you know someone's norm and you start to see the opposite of that then that's when that's kind of like a a red flag or eyebrow razor to say you know what's going on to check in with them because one thing we do ask in the hospital we ask family members first question is what is their baseline because that's what we're looking for what is their normal like how do they act on a normal basis because that's what we need to get them back to Mm -hmm. so it's definitely like having a support system and being knowing what to do as a support system is very important yeah i know um when i was in in the jail you know we used to look for uh i guess would be the opposite you know um you know, if they're always happy, now they're sad. Or if they're always sad, now they're happy. Uh, you know, uh, shower shoes are something that everybody wanted. So if they start giving away these shower shoes, like, yo, why are you doing that? Like, you need those. 
or if they start giving away their um their toiletries like their brushes and and, and toothpaste and stuff like that people are like yo that's like why are you doing that like this is something that you literally need and you're not going to get back so easy so those are things yeah. that we look for you know that change of behavior and uh but like i said but like you said i guess that would be their norm you know that's it's different from their norm mm-hmm. yeah yeah but even even with like situations like that like you gotta be you gotta be um on the caution like the person might be trying to commit suicide yeah so that's yeah and that's exactly that's what, what it was for too yeah because like when people are in a position where they want to commit suicide they may start you know appearing more happy or mm-hmm. giving away things and, and stuff like that so yeah that's something trying to max cool. trying to mask their sadness well it's not necessarily trying to mask their sadness it's like if you see if you see a person that's depressed and they've made the decision that they're going to commit suicide they may uh-huh. appear happy because they finally they come to terms, they, yeah, they come to terms uh-huh. with okay that's now deep. this is yeah, this is what I'm going to do. So now they're in a better. They feel, they feel like a sense of relief. Mm. So that's why you might see, like a, a sense of like happiness once they made that decision, right? And stuff like that. So yeah. Wow, that's deep. That's deep. Never heard it broken down like that. But um, yeah, so that's something that I had to really look out for. Like they harped on it. You know, it was so many suicide attempts and catching them they got to the point to where as though i would like make everybody put their jumpsuits out of that room you know what i'm saying at night like yo like hang it on hang on hang on the door bring it out because you know dealing with juveniles you know they still have that childlike mentality so mm-hmm. you come on the on the, on the hall you know you got one serious uh kid that's literally trying to commit suicide so you so our protocol is to take everything out their room anything they could wrap around their neck or do anything commit self-harm you know you take it out their room but then you get another kid and then another kid now they want to play with it you know what i'm saying so you wind up taking the whole unit just like you know just to cover yourself you know because you never know like everybody playing but it might be one out of everybody that's also serious yeah it's actually good to hear, though, that y'all have that kind of protocol um, in a juvenile system, especially <laughs> with everything that's going on with the system in itself and the Black community. I think it's important to know that um, people are taking that serious in other entity- entities besides just within the mental health field or arena. That's one, but now I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's still a sticky situation because yeah we have the protocols but sometimes we can't do it you know what i'm saying like like we're not allowed because we can't have a kid sitting in the room butt naked you know what i'm saying so it's like our our hands are still tied it's literally if i'm going to stop myself from somebody dying on me committing suicide and then being under investigation was i doing my job i have to kind of break the law and I can say that now because I'm not working here you know what I'm saying but that's what you gotta do you know that's literally what you gotta do because it's not it's not really anything that we can do you know they, they got the uh I forget what the chairs are called but when they 
get too crazy and you gotta like strap them down to this chair and wool them out and they got to spit the uh, uh, spit cap so they can't spit on you and all that stuff but we only got a few of those so when you get a whole unit that's acting up and you gotta take everybody clothes that's literally breaking the law mm-hmm. it's literally breaking the law but you gotta you know what I'm saying we don't have the manpower to deal with all this so my logical uh, uh, explanation would be take everything from everybody. I'll deal with the repercussions with a director coming in the morning. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know. Hopefully, the commissioner don't come with it. <laughs> I um I did my internship at the Cab County Jail, and I used to be like one thing you just said just strike me like if you got a whole unit acting up. That's one thing I used to be so scared of when I used to be on the floor like. What if they decide they about to turn up on yeah. us because you stuck? Yeah. And it's more of them than it is of you. Of all the you time. All. all the time. I, I used to feel like <laughs> feel like that. If I felt like um you know, someplace I used to work. I used to feel like that. <laughs> I'm like, I feel the same way. Me, y'all got me in here doing this group with these men on the most severe unit. And if they want to, y'all ain't gonna be getting here fast enough. So uh-huh. this will be the day I turn my keys in because I'm fighting my way out. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be it. It um, is crazy though, though. All right, so welcome back to His and Hers Uncensored. Uh, we're here. Again, like I said, with Jared in Essence, Washington, and um, we appreciate you guys coming in and talking to us about mental health, and I did want to talk because you guys are married with two kids, um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that, if that's fine with you all. Maybe you could tell us uh, briefly how you guys met and how has you know the joys or and the downs of marriage and then having two uh, toddler girls. You just asked me like a ton of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous. I had to get it out. <laughs> um, how we met. So uh, I told y'all that I work at a psych hospital, um, and I started there in May 2011. So I've been there for a long time. Um, anyway. Uh, Jared started working there. Was that September? Yeah, I started in September 2009. Yeah, I just moved down from New Jersey. So, I um, I guess you could say I scooped him up. I saw him <laughs> and I was like, you know, <laughs> but, mm, you. Oh, I think I, <laughs> you do, <laughs> I think I might want to see where this is gonna go. So, um I actually, I had a couple friends that we were real cool or whatever. We all worked together and we used to go out a lot. So I kind of set up one of my friends to invite him out with us. Mm. So. She got you. (laughs) She was plotting on you, bro. Yeah, pretty much. She She plotted on you. (laughs) How'd that make you feel, though? That's saying, like, you was plotting on me, though? He on her yeah. jot you know now. You saying like, yo, you was, you was on me like that. He on her jot now, right, Anson? <laughs> 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 that even better, you know what I'm saying? 
You call her I first. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yep, that's all that matters, right? That's right. That's all that matters. Wow. <laughs> Our our dynamic is pretty uh, similar because um, Jared is from New Jersey. You're from Philly. Me and Essence are both Georgia Peaches. Mm -hmm. Essence, do you think he speaks aggressively? Yes. I mean, when it's time to, like, turn up, like, it goes from, like, zero to 100, like, real quick. It's Mm. like, you could be talking real soft and then it's to be, like, all of a sudden, like, up yeah, like why are you up there? Why are you up there? Right, you up there that I need you to bring it <laughs> right on down. That's the up north stuff. That's just passion and what we say. Mm, passion, that's a good word for it. Yeah, it's passion. Like, what you mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't actually get louder. I just spit my eyes a little bit and like, are you really saying what you're saying? But you know what? I ain't even gonna lie. That is one thing I used to tell people all the time about why I love Jared. Was like, I fell in love with that passion. Like, it was just that aggressiveness about what you're passionate about. It was just like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> two kids That's where two babies <laughs> came from. Like, <laughs> Tell me to do it again, daddy. <laughs> 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 how, you, how you want me to do what it? What you want me to do? I'm going to clean. I'm going to make tacos. <laughs> Y'all are making Jared uncomfortable. He don't like to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Jared and Jared like, walking like, like this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ain't even gonna hold you, Essence. I do like it. Uh, I'll be thinking to myself, like, so who gonna turn up harder right now? But then I, like, okay, Daddy, he got it. I don't want to go back and forth. What'd you say? I said, you want to go back and forth because we can go toe to toe for a little while. A I, don't even, I don't even turn up, man. I don't even turn up. Uh, that's not turning up. I don't want she be to like, turning up. I know. She used to be like, <laughs> why are you talking to me like that? <laughs> like, why? What did I just say? I just asked you a question, but you didn't ask it like that. Yeah, hold on now. That's why you didn't ask it like that. That's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. You tripping, tripping. <laughs> but anywho, I appreciate you guys coming on um, and speaking with us. We definitely will would like to have you guys back um, later because I'm sure we'll have some questions um, about sure. mental health. Um, and if that's, you know, check us out. Mommy Talk Tuesday at M-O-M-M-Y-T-A-L-K. T-U-E-S-D-A-Y. <laughs> and we are live every Tuesday at 9 o'clock. Yeah, Except for the last Tuesday. Oh, excuse me. No, I schedule that. You know what I'm saying? No, I schedule. I follow. Correct me. You know what I'm saying? But every Tuesday, we do take off. That's our time designated for getting it together. Family time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But this, the month of February, we're talking about uh, subjects around love. So, yes. Um, tune in. We appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for turning up with me last night. Oh, yeah, for the first time. Yes, honey. I was almost dead. Two kids later, I was like out. I was five seconds from falling asleep at the table. I was, I was, that's why I kept trying to dance because I was like, otherwise, I'm going to be asleep. I'm asleep. You only got three hours of sleep today. But I appreciate you that. For sure. But uh, yeah, you know, definitely appreciate y'all for coming on, you know, and, and all the support, especially you be giving as you stay showing love. Definitely appreciate it. Definitely appreciate it. So, oh, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. So until the next time, 
Y'all are listening to His and Hers Uncensored with Al Shea and Whitney. Thank you for our special guests, Jared and Whitney. Whitney. <laughs> Jared. Jared. That's good, though. That's, that's a good replacement. That's, 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 that's important. That's what happens when you be trying to flow with no script. You know what I'm saying? You know, you get it wrong. You know it's wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, I tried. I tried. The Washington. The Washington. <laughs> Sound like a TV show. But all right, y'all. Have a good one. Good night. All right. All right.